part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Uh, Welcome to the kitchen table, Carl, Uh, on behalf of Amanda the peaches and myself this so how did you make this did you just boil lemon leaves is that all this is yeah that's it she made me some tea i got those lemon leaf those lemon balm it's called lemon balm i got that from my sister-in-law megan who has just recently become an avid gardener (laughs) and she found out that it's supposed to be like a good mood boost and also relaxing like it's i forget what they call it an adaptocrine or i mean an adaptogen an adaptogen. That sounds like something that would, uh, that maybe an X-Men It's supposed to help take. balance your hormones. It's, it's mildly. Like something that might give you the ability to shoot lasers out of your eyes or climb walls. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But mm. um, but yeah, so I've been But it's called it. balm? The leaves are not called leaves. They're called balm? I guess. That I guess. seems unnecessarily Actually, confusing. I will, I will confess. When she texted me and she was like, listen, I've got some lemon balm that I'm willing to offer you. You were like, whoa. I said, Well, I said, that's... That's great. I'll take I'll take all the help I can get with my, you know, various sleep issues. Right. And she was like, okay. But what I thought she was going to bring me was chapstick. Right. Well, that's what I thought. <laughs> when you said balm, it's lemon balm. I was expecting some sort of a, a goop. Like a cream. Some sort of goop. Yeah. yeah. That I would scoop out and and apply liberally for external use only. No, it's an herb. Okay, so it's not. No, it's leaves. It's, it's just not, leaves in a pot that you boiled. Right. Lemon balm is a perennial herbaceous plant in the mint family, and it grows to a maximum height of one meter. The leaves have a mild lemon scent, and during summer, small white flowers full of nectar appear. So it's not like it's attached to the lemon tree. Right. It's not. It has nothing to do with lemons. Right. Except that it smells like them. It does smell like them. So yeah, I, it's just lemon balm tea. And I would normally put honey in it, but somebody is going well, on a no sugar why, diet. That's yeah, that's why she made me this tea because I decided on Sunday, just kind of on a whim. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. I woke up and I hadn't eaten anything yet, and I've been feeling bad for weeks. And I thought, well, Carl I'm knows just, that. Carl knows you were under the weather. Sick. a couple Yeah, of I've been ago. feeling sick, and I and I was coughing. And the, the the worst part was I was coughing like at night. And if I, if I laid down, then I would wake up coughing in 30 minutes or whatever. And I was coughing so much I had a headache. And it wouldn't stop. So I, oh, I have to sit up in order to stop coughing. And then mm. talking, I would cough. And I just got sick of it. And I thought, you know what? This is either a bug of some sort. I'm sick. Or this is my immune system that's reacting to the crap that I eat. Well, so, it's also been a really, really bad summer for pollen like a lot of people are having allergies and i don't have allergies bad enough that i would notice like anytime somebody asks do you have allergies yeah, that's I say a good no. point i always say that too but i think i might 
Well, I think everybody does. I think I might be allergic to like, some stuff. I think it's a scale. I think that you just you either have them so right. bad that you've struggled that with them your like whole life. You're sneezing and your eyes are watering right. and you and you feel terrible, or, or you just get your throat just gets gunky. It, yeah, it gets to be really hot. It's been really hot for two solid weeks. The farmers are desperate for water right now. The rain is not scheduled for any time in the foreseeable future. Sunday, we're supposed to get. There's oh, a sixty percent chance on Sunday. All right, maybe Sunday. Yeah. But like, meanwhile, it's just really hot and the, and the pollen has been bad. So yeah, it's very dry. Yeah. So everybody's kind of hacking a bit. Well, it, and like I said, it could be that, but I just decided on Sunday, it's you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give my body a chance to purge all of the glutens and sugar and all fine flour. And <laughs> Plural. All of the glutens. Oh, here comes Colin with his Rubik's Cube. We're podcasting, buddy. And we'll talk about that. Is, is there no such thing as glutens? Is it gluten is the gluten plural? Gluten is a plural already. It's like it's like saying deers. Well, yeah. It's like I had to look at all of the deers running around in my yard. Right. Look at all the glutens. Right. Here go, coursing there's so through many my glutens system. in my body. I've got glutens. It definitely is a thing where you refer to it as much, like amount, rather than number. Like it's I have a lot of gluten in my body. Right. Like Although myriad, I don't think you would use like that sentence. Myriad is a number, and you don't say a myriad. You don't say, you I don't? have a myriad of... No, you say myriad. I, there are myriad glutens in my system. Huh. I just don't use that word. I just avoid it. Well, I tend to avoid it, too, because a lot of times people don't understand what it means. Anyway. I, I, but anyway, anyway, I'm drinking this this lemon balm... Uh, and it's pretty good. It tastes okay. Like it, it's, it's pretty very, good. very, it, it has a very strong scent. And yep, so it just it tastes does. like It could use some water. sugar. I'd like to put a couple of teaspoons of sugar no, in it and stir it up. it's honey. Again, you put raw honey in there with some of that and it's really, really good. You know what, you know what would make it really good is if I smushed a chocolate cupcake into it. <laughs> that would, that would do it. Yeah. Mm. Texture wise, maybe not mm, so much. Mm, put it mm. in your little tea uh, strainer thing. Yummy, <laughs> yummy. It's, this is how this is how desperate it is. This is how addicted I am to sugar, Carl. Uh, last night I dreamed I was eating cookies. <laughs> dreamed I was eating cookies, and they were delicious. And as I'm eating them, I'm feeling terrible. It was it was almost guilty. like a nightmare because yeah. it's like, yeah, I haven't. I've only been doing this a few days, and look at me. I'm already eating these look cookies. What, look what but I'm just going to have one more. I'm just going to have one more. And then I and then I woke up. Later on, and I'm like, oh, it's just a dream. How weird is that to dream about eating cookies? Yeah, there's, I'm sure, some stuff to unpack there, but I don't know that we have the time. What is God trying to tell me? What, what would Joseph, how would Joseph interpret that dream? I I don't know. How, probably there's a famine coming if it's Joseph. <laughs> there's not going to be any cookies. There won't be any cupcakes. And you're you're oh, going to yeah, have cookies. to eat cupcakes while you can because in. Seven years, there yeah, won't if, be any. If Joseph is involved, then Egypt is too somehow. So, uh, I hope it means. I hope it doesn't mean that I'm going to go get impaled. Yeah, or birds are going to feast on your. Gonna f- birds are going to feast dead on carcass. My, that was Joseph, wasn't it? That was one of his lovely interpretations. Yeah, that was what happened to the, the baker. Uh, baker. Yeah. yeah, he. he <gasps> Baker's baked cookies. Oh, it's no. all coming together. This is probably going to be my last <laughs> podcast. <laughs> And I now Emery's next to Something week. dreadful is going yes, to happen, Emery, Carl. What do you need? So Emmy's going to whisper to her mother. Cherry cake. So yes, but wait till we're hear. done after the podcast. Oh, that's right. There's cherry cake because yeah. Luke's birthday was uh, recently, and so there's cherry cake out in the kitchen, which would also be good, smushed into this cup. 
Uh, 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 you know what I should do is after this podcast, I should go and lay down and tr- sleep and try to dream about eating sugar. Sherry, sherry cake. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically. I'll try that. Um, anyway, I don't know what you were planning to talk about, but I have a couple of things that I could talk about, but you go ahead because well, you're always well, more interesting than me. It's well, I don't know if it'll be more interesting. I'm just trying to be a wise steward of our time mm, because okay. see, I don't care about that. You are going to be gone this weekend. I don't care about stewardship. And the following weekend we have a gig. Like we're going to spend the weekend up at Cedar Lake Ministries for family camp. Yeah, we do. I'm going to be gone on uh, Saturday and then driving home on Sunday. And I'm also going to be gone not gone, but I got a show tonight. Right. Which, so this weekend is kind of spoken for, and the next weekend is... Which is weird. You know, it's weird. Yeah. I've been doing so few shows of late that when I have a show to do, there's it's almost like there's some anxiety now. It's like, oh my gosh, do I remember how to do this? Well, and am that's I gonna- why I'm saying we maybe should like talk about what we're going to actually say at family camp. And mm. there's You want to do that talks. on the podcast? Well, I'm, I'm just, you know, this is what we would be talking about if... Carl wasn't here, and I feel like uh, I feel like four talks at an hour long. We should probably have at least at least a semblance of an idea. I I do have some idea. Remember, I wrote a book about this. Well, one of those talks will be how to how to use two ideas, smash them together, and create comedy. Mm -hmm. How to create comedy? Yeah. Well, here's the uh, the thing that we're trying to do, Carl, is do some more consulting. I did some consulting this week. Mm I had a guy that he called, called me up to pay you just to pay me to talk to him about how to make his broadcast. Better. I know, wasn't that a good idea? Who it was, was it who idea. came up with the idea that you should make that? What option genius available came up with that? Oh, it was you, website. wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, it was me. Yeah, you forgot about that, didn't you? Because you can't. You, you spend, can't honestly tell me that you didn't know that. You spend you, a lot of time on the phone, just yes. talking to people who are in the business because that's just kind of they they kind of noticed that when they talked to you they had good ideas and then they would call more often i am an idea person they uh, i got a call from another buddy this week who wants me to come to his house and spend a couple of days there you go yeah yeah when that happens too like you've consulted on an informal basis for a long time and i was like why don't we just put this on the website a lot of the comedians that you've heard carl the christian comedians at least have are doing material that uh, i worked on with them yeah it's kind of like every pop song every pop song on the chart was written by one of like three people pretty much well i don't want to go that far i don't want to i don't want to take that much credit like that it's It's not like that do not do not give the wrong impression i'm not responsible for 90 percent of the comedy out there but i have had influence and i have i have helped with bits and pieces of other people's material uh i like it Mm-hmm. And so the, the consultation business is basically uh, if you've got if you've got a project that you're where you're thinking of starting a podcast, you're thinking about doing a television show, you're uh, writing sermons, or you're teaching a class, or you're making right. some sort of a presentation that you don't want to be terrible, dreadfully boring and terrible. Yeah, yeah, you can call me up and I'll help you. Or you're just or you're writing on social media, which is everybody everybody's yes. on social media somewhere. Yes, every, everybody's on social media and and many people do a terrible job on social mm-hmm. media. Yep. Because they don't they don't know how to be interesting and engaging. Yeah. So or connect thoughts. That's mm-hmm. really what this is. It really comedy is about connecting thoughts in a surprising way, but it still has to make sense. It can't just be nonsense. Although I do appreciate 
just absurdity. Depends on the nonsense. Yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm somebody who actually probably has spent so much time around comedians who do a really great job of connecting dots in a way that makes sense and yeah. everybody appreciates yeah. that. Now I'm like, meh, been there, done that. I'd well, like it's, to it's just a bit of a dis- It's a bit of a misnomer to call it nonsense, too, uh, because... Because it's really not like nonsense is babies babbling. And, That's true. And you know, I indecipherable gibberish. I appreciate the types of things that become inside jokes because you had to be there. Because if you weren't there, part of that show with and hearing all of the context involved with the joke, it would make no sense in mm-hmm. any other. Well, capacity. That's, that is ultimately the best comedy. That's why families. That's why the family unit is excellent uh, it's an excellent place for comedy to thrive yes because your family is people who are inside all of that i mean your family knows mm-hmm. all of that inside material and so comedy is just ripe there you go write this down context. we need to write this down for the talk at family camp hey hey cammy can you bring me a pen i'm serious mm-hmm. i'm gonna write down some stuff um, well, it's it's true that the one of the most effective tools in stand-up comedy is a thing called a callback, and a callback is just an inside joke. It's just an inside joke. It's referencing back to something that was said earlier, and the audience gets it. It doesn't even have to be funny it, necessarily. You just have to reference it. You just have to say, "Hey, remember that thing we all laughed about earlier?" How about paper two? And that's a callback. Thank you very much. And family life, uh, healthy family life, is fraught with that. Um, There's all sorts of insight. The reason that I especially want to talk about family. You literally are writing things down (laughs) while we. I'm writing it down right now. While we talk. um, Is because I also want to take our quote books, my quote books for my kids. Three of the four kids have quote books. It's just stuff we've written down that Mm -hmm. they've said. It's instant inside jokes. Now I can reference like any part of any of those quotes and everybody else who's you know in the family who's read the books or heard the quotes. And we throw we throw those lines around. A lot of times without even thinking about them. Like yeah. can, like if we're asking somebody to, to borrow something or if we're asking somebody, somebody to give us a taste or something, let me have a sip of your coffee or whatever, it always comes out. Somebody always says, let me have just one suck of your candy cane. <laughs> yep. And that goes all the way back to That's Colin. Colin yeah. asking his sister very sweetly, Cammie, can I just have one suck of your candy cane? <laughs> Please. And she gave and him she one. She let him have one suck. She gave of him one suck. Of, Gosh, and that we've, makes we me laugh. spent we spent a long time talking about what how much, <laughs> what, how much is a suck? What amount? Yeah. What is the? How could could you measure? Could you use that in cooking? Put put in one suck of cinnamon. We talked about how would it count? Like if he just didn't break the suction. Like mm-hmm. if he just sucked on it and then held the suction. Right. For, could he how hold long? it all day? Yeah. Could you? Could one suck last one for a long, suck. long time? Could it still be one suck? Uh oh, my kids are. Fighting. Or do, you, do is it? Does a suck end when the when you swallow? You know, there's right. there, was, these were the things that we pondered. But again, because our family. Uh, we talk about this stuff, and this is what family is for. Family okay, so is, wrote, is around. Family is around to support you when you need it, but also equally important, family is around to uh, to make fun of you and to laugh about funny stuff, to help you see uh, the goofy stuff, to help to call you out when you say something funny. Uh, it's not a it's not a put down. It's not a put down at all. Because when you say something that allows the rest of your family members to laugh at you, 
then you are esteeming them. <clears throat> you are allowing yourself to be mocked and ridiculed. Let's just go ahead and use those words. Let's not shy away from them. You're allowing the people that you love to mock you uh, for their enjoyment, for their, for their good pleasure. They are making fun of you. That's the term that we use. We say, you're making fun of me. And historically, that has been a thing that has been offensive to us. I don't want people to make fun of me. And my question is, why not? M making fun is a good thing, right? And if you have... If you have the capacity to for other people to be able to make fun just by being around you, that's like a superpower. Okay, so I wrote comedy thrives in families because of shared contexts. That is not a funny way to say it. Well, no, but that's why we have to explain how this works, how spending more time together and sharing context, learning language together. Going through stuff together. Right. Just reading being, similar, reading the same books and watching the same movies and 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 experiencing the same flat tires on the road tragedies, and, and yeah. the same the same uh, roof leaks when it's raining really hard and and the cat got out or the bird escaped and just the other day all of these things are family issues that become comedy. Just the other day, I was trying to get Silas to go to sleep and he kept getting out of bed and running to the bathroom because he just had to go potty. Over and over again. And so I was getting a little bit frustrated and I squatted down in front of him on the toilet and I, he was on the toilet and I squatted down in front of him and I was like, Silas, this is the last time that you are getting out of bed. You have to stay in bed after this and take your nap. So make sure you empty that bladder. And he completely ignored me and he was going on and trying to tell the story about something that happened to his shirt. He was wearing a tank top and he said, I just got this stuck, this thing, I got it stuck. What is, what is this? What am I wearing? Am I wearing a bra? And then he just kept going. <laughs> and you couldn't get a word I in. I couldn't get in a word, but he was just. Am I wearing a bra? He was just reeling. What am I, what is this? What is this called? What am I wearing? Am I wearing a bra? And then he just no, it's a tank top. Kept going. No, it's a tank top. I did finally manage to insert that into his mind. No, it's not a bra. Just, just for clarity's sake. It's a tank top. But. On he went, and I that I have to write that down. But still. The, yeah, but those are the sort of things, though, that in the future, when any of the boys come out wearing a tank top, mm -hmm. we will say, "What is that? Wearing, what are you wearing? Are, are you wearing, wearing a bra? bra? <laughs> Why are you wearing a bra?" Right. <laughs> and it will make no sense to people outside of the family, right? Because they're not in on. Well, the they might context. have some sense that we there's a story there, but yeah, the actual details of the story would elude them, right? And we have books, literal volumes of. Those types of quotes just from writing down. Did you just hear me slurp my tea in the microphone? Was it loud enough? I don't know. I wasn't listening. Because it felt like it was inside my head. It was like. I wasn't paying attention okay. at all. I didn't mean to slurp it. I just accidentally inhaled before I. So all of these talks are going to need to have have to do with that concept of how how do we infuse more comedy in our family but i would say that's actually the wrong way to approach it probably a lot of people of are going to want to know how do you how do you put more humor into your family life you don't have to i think you have to just recognize you it. don't have to but i'm just glad you brought right. that up you have to write this down too okay i'll write it down go here's here's a thing that uh this is for free carl you don't even have to call me and get this little tip for consulting because we're friends the, uh, the secret to improv, the secret to good improv is not uh, people on stage who are really fast on their feet of thinking up stuff. I mean, that doesn't hurt, but that's not really the key. The reason that improv works 
good improv, the reason it works well, is because the comedy is built into the game. Comedy is built into the situation. And so when you have a uh, situation that has that has already got the potential for uh, revealing comedy, then then all you have to do is just be in that situation and let the comedy happen. The comedy happens when uh, in your family, for example, if you are if you have the children, let's say you've got the children up. Uh, around the counter and they are making Christmas cookies and they're going to decorate, they're going to decorate Christmas cookies. Well, that is a situation if you guys, particularly if your children are little, your children are little and they're decorating Christmas cookies. That's a situation that has got comedy built into it because your children are going to exercise their own wild creativity and they're going to decorate cookies with a certain uh, attitude. They're going to have certain ideas about how the cookies are supposed to look. And they're going to, if you ask them to tell you why uh, or to explain what they're doing with their decorations, they will. And it will be funny. There's comedy built into the scenario. When, uh, when dad takes a son or daughter out to learn how to drive, particularly if it's a stick shift, there's comedy built into that situation. There's it has all the makings of really and funny stuff because there's who, tension, there's anxiety, who there's put uncertainty. Who the comedy in those games? God did. did. Who? Who? God, God did. God, God decides what's funny. I'm going to write that down. Okay. Instead of what I just said? Well, I wrote that too. Good improv works because comedy is built into the game. The, Subheading. You build the comedy into the game. And God. So, so you don't need to, you don't need to work at making your family life funnier. You don't need to you don't need to think up things to do to to as you said insert more comedy into your home life. Your home life is already fraught with comedy potential. There's already comedy in the game because mm-hmm. you've got all of these different people with different perspectives and different motivations and different personalities banging against each other. Yeah. It'll be funny. It's a sitcom. It's what they do in sitcoms. And they, you ask they put questions. different people with different with different points of view together in a scene, and then you just let the scene happen. That's family life. Learn to ask the right questions. That's what you're going to write down after what I said. Well, that's really what it boils down to, though, isn't it? I don't know. I'm jumping ahead because I've read mean? the book multiple times, but I think that you can't insert things into the game. I mean, you don't need to insert more things into your comedy scenario. No, it's built into the game already. But you already. do have to notice it, and you do also need... There are some things that you can do in order to appreciate what's happening better. And like like you were saying, if, if the kid's doing some decorating, you ask them to explain what they're doing, and then that will there will be humor there. But you do have to ask, and you do have to notice, pay attention when your kids are talking. Right. And that's what most people, most people go wrong there because they're like, oh, I heard that kids say really funny things. And, you know, I had kids. Right. And, I, had, and my kids don't say funny things my like My kids yours don't do. say funny stuff. Yeah. And it's like, and you've had that happen. It's like, how oh, your kids just say the funniest things. It's like, so do yours. We're just paying attention. Right. Well, and you, and you communicate with them too. You ask them to explain, explain themselves, <laughs> explain what's going on yeah. in their minds. Ask them to explain themselves. Yeah. And uh, that is, that's also in the book. But the, funny, the funniest people in, on the planet are children 
because if you ask them to explain themselves, they will. They have no inhibitions. They don't, generally, they don't care if you laugh at them. Right. I mean, some children have been conditioned that laughter is a, is a negative thing, and so they get upset when you laugh at them. But Mine do not. But yours do not. And so, yeah, if you ask a child to explain himself or herself, they will. And if you laugh at them and tell them and encourage them to go on, th- there comes a point where laughter is will encourage them to go on. Right. And they will start to try to, they'll, they'll start to take laughter as affirmation. Right. It's like, oh, I must be doing, I must be doing something right because all of the grownups are laughing. And right. so, and I think that's a good thing. I think maybe this isn't as big of an issue for dads, but I think the moms might appreciate a little bit of talk about how to, uh, how to encourage joy and laughter in the kids without encouraging like ludicrous laughing hyenas in the back seat when they're overtired and they're like, how do you keep your kids from going off the rails and, and acting foolish? And because children at like bedtime, especially when kids are overtired and they're supposed to be listening to you when you say, go brush your teeth and go to bed right. and they just can't stop giggling well, like <laughs> that well there's there is children are supposed to respect their parents they're supposed to honor their mother and father and there is never comedy is never an excuse to be disobedient or disrespectful mm-hmm. um, that's especially true for children but it's also true for everybody else it's you, also you can't true. hide behind comedy you can't oh i was just jo- doing a joke if you're flat up <clears throat> disrespecting someone. right but there's also there the parents are not supposed to exasperate their children mm-hmm. or like set a bar that's impossibly high. Like, Correct. And so I think there are that's a lot of That's actually for us, the fathers, isn't it? That's the fathers well, that they have. And a, the parents. The mom is supposed to be helping the father that. in that, you know. Well, I think, I think that the correct interpretation of that scripture is fathers have a sense of humor. Um, that's what I'm saying. And because if you, you will exasperate your children... <laughs> If everything that they do is taken it's wrong. seriously, right. yeah, it's, it's, bad. it's like this is a thing that you do. Oh, you failed again. Oh, you failed again. Oh, you right. failed again. You're not. That's what I'm saying. Stuff. That's how you exasperate your children. You don't exasperate your children by throwing your head back and laughing right. when they make when they make an error and an unintentional error. Right. But that's what I'm saying. For parents, it can be a tricky thing to navigate because you want to encourage your children to learn obedience and you don't want them to act like cackling fools right. at nighttime. Right, but you can acknowledge it. And I think you do that, don't you? I think you you will actually tell your children, okay, you are out of your mind right now. Right. You have you're, lost. You're insane. You have lost your ever-loving mind. Right. You are, yeah, you're nuts. And so you need to lay down right. and quit being crazy. There are times where even a swat on the, on the leg like results in giggling laughter yeah Yeah. they're so so ludicrous and so tired that they cannot they're out of their minds yeah yeah it's like what do you do in that you just call it out you just tell them you say look i I like as much i like laughter as much as everybody else but you're just insane you're You're just, just you're cuckoo you're just yucking it up yeah and uh, you're doing too much. Yeah, it's it's too much, and it's not. It's that is nonsense. That that's now you're teetering on nonsense. You're not and not comedy anymore. Mm-hmm. There's just this. <laughs> you this 
Unhinged. Un- unhinged, unholy. Joker-esque. Yeah, laughter. Yeah. Remember when we were at the <laughs> lake? Laughter. We were at the lake and Cammy and I were were uh, calling each other names. Or she was calling me names. Mm-hmm. She was saying, Grandpa's with this. And I would go, what? And then she would laugh and grandpa's laugh and laugh. Yeah, Grandpa's, grandpa's, grandpa's a gopher. Grandpa's a whatever. And then it came, t- it came time for bed. And we were like, okay, it's time to go. Good night, Cammy. Good night, Cammy. And we left. We were staying in a different cabin. And after we left, apparently Cammy got her pajamas on and then said, oh, wait. She sat I, up. She sat up, she sat up in bed. bed. Like, Good night, Cammy. She goes, wait, I forgot to tell Grandpa he's a cuckoo clock. <laughs> I, have to, I have to call Grandpa a cuckoo clock. <laughs> and you had to tell her, no, it, no. that time is over Not now. Right we, now. You can you, call him a cuckoo yeah, clock tomorrow. File that away and you can call him a cuckoo <laughs> clock in the morning. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that wasn't... That wasn't squelching comedy, and you didn't feel any guilt about that, did you? You didn't. No. You didn't feel like, oh, I'm, t- I'm, I'm squashing her creativity. I'm discouraging her from, no, from laughing. I, I didn't, because at that point she had already had a good, healthy dose of laughing together. There were probably, you know, fifteen to twenty minutes before that that she, where she just told me lots that of I was giggles out of the way, and yeah. then also because what she was doing in that moment was still grounded like her feet were still on the ground and and she was able to articulate a thought a coherent thought i mean it was still funny in the sense that it didn't make any sense but she she was not being so out of her mind that like people start to second guess themselves i think parents second guess themselves when things are especially unraveling like when you're when like there's four kids in my household and when right. all of them are being the the crazy hyenas right you know at the same time you're like i must be doing something wrong like <laughs> right you know am but i out of touch here <laughs> I, I think it's appropriate uh i think it's appropriate to then uh compare that behavior compare the uproarious insane laughter to uh the same mindless energy being devoted to fighting and throwing things at each other and, mm-hmm. and being angry because there's, that's also another kind of mindlessness and hysterical laughter is vastly preferable to, right. To screaming and yelling and fighting and, right. uh, and all Why? of that. Right. So if you're going to, if they're going to fall off the rails, it's better that they fall off of those, the rails that direction. Right. Than, Which is, the thing that we we had them all here on a recording a few weeks ago and they were making happy chatter and it was very noisy yes, like today was. i've had to step out of the room twice, twice. i'm probably gonna have to do it again here because there's some less but happy they're, chatter they're, they're getting along they're building things well you didn't hear that last one no i didn't oh did you hear that here's silas no i can't hear when i got the headphones on. Silas said, mama they're fighting which i already knew because i heard emery oh they're fighting you're not fighting it would be better if they were laughing. Why aren't you fighting? Because you're being good. No, here, say it into this microphone. Ted, I don't want to do And I want to do cherry cake. Because he wants to get cherry cake. Oh, if he fights, he won't get cherry cake. And I fight, I won't get cherry cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're not going to fight? That's pretty smart. Good it's pretty choice. smart to avoid the conflict so that you can reap the reward. He goes, Mama, they're fighting. And so they not dinner dit cherry shake. <laughs> Emery and Colin. Uh-huh. And I said, why aren't you fighting? He goes, because 
I want to dip cherry I want to dip cherry Tate. Tate, T-A-T-E. Oh, we've worked on it so much, and I'm going to have to just keep working on his pronunciation because he's four and a half, and I'm trying to teach him how to read, and it's very difficult when you can't pronounce some of the letters in the alphabet. Yeah. Yep. So, So, all right. Well, that is is my my plan for the upcoming. Well, I don't feel like it's... You don't feel like it's a plan, do you? I don't feel like it's real concrete. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Well, there's going to be some more uh, hands-on, not hands-on, but there's going to be some more interactive stuff, some activities. So I've got a couple of things planned for uh, what to do with the families so okay. that they're actually participating rather than theoretical. Theoretical comedy is much harder to grasp than practical right. exercises. Well, I think the theme of the whole weekend is to be together and... <clears throat> and yeah, experience more, experience more things just as a group because that's that's step one. And so, hands on is going to be very appropriate. But mm. but yeah, I think mm. that I think that I would like to have a little bit of a better idea of what's supposed to happen. Excuse okay, me. Okay, and she's stepping away from the microphone again, Carl. So while she wanders away, I will uh, I will say that the the way that the way that my family, growing up, growing up in my family, we were, it wasn't a really hilarious family. You know, neither my mother nor my father were particularly funny people. But we had an environment where, where laughter wasn't necessarily discouraged. Um, I don't want to go so far as to say it was encouraged, where they would, where they would tell us, all right, go go get a joke book and learn to tell some jokes. That would be encouraging. But they were, they were not... Uh, I never got stern looks from my parents that I was... Um, that, that laughter or being, uh, being funny was, was inappropriate. I never, they, never, they never shushed me. They never said, no, that's, this is... Rarely did they say it's time to be serious. Occasionally they did. Occasionally they said this is not the time for jokes, uh, and you you shouldn't be making noise. Silas is back and he's pe- pecking on my shoulder. What's the matter, Silas? I love you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Go play with your Legos. We're so it didn't it didn't happen it didn't happen often, but. Most, most of the time, my parents were, in, were uh, supportive of being, being funny. You know, they would, they would say, they would let me talk to grown-ups. Uh, they would let me interact with, with grown-ups. And they didn't have this uh, children should be seen and not heard mentality. Again, there were times when they would say, no, the adults are talking. And usually I would just leave on my own because who wants to sit around and listen to a bunch of adults talk? That's not fun. But uh, my house, growing up, my house was uh, was open to uh, to humor. They were open to hearing the children's point of view on things. And if I asked questions, they would answer them. And that is... I think an important thing to note too, if you're going to write stuff down, oh. uh, 
Because okay. there is a mentality that some people have that say that answering children's questions is stifling their creativity. You know, if a child wants to know why the sky is blue, if you tell them why the sky is blue, then that's going to somehow remove the magic. That's going to take the mystery out of their childhood. Why do, why do, where does honey come from? Uh, where do cookies come from? I'm thinking about cookies. Um, and there are people who think the way well, yeah, if you tell people, if you tell kids the truth about things, then it removes their their creativity. And I don't think that's true. I think that in order to do, in order to truly understand what's funny in the universe, you have to know how the universe works. You have to know, you have to know what the truth is before you can talk about the opposite or think about the opposite. You have to know why the sky is really blue before you can make jokes about why it might be blue. Okay, I wrote, you have to know that Grandpa isn't a cuckoo clock before you can <laughs> make a joke about that. Okay, that's what, you, that's what you said, right? It took me a while, but I figured that's word out. word for word what I was trying to get at. How do you spell cuckoo clock? You have, to know, you have to know how the world really works before you can make fun of it. Before you can joke about it. I really need to learn how to write shorthand because mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. Takes me a long time to write a sentence. So there. Here's what I got. Okay. Comedy thrives in families because of shared contexts. Good improv works because comedy is built into the game. Also, God built comedy into the family. Mm-hmm. Learn to ask the right questions and tell kids the truth. You have to know that grandpa isn't a cuckoo clock before you can joke about it. Learn to ask the right questions. We didn't expand on that very much. No, but you said you got this. You got hands-on stuff that you're going to do, so we're, we're good. What else is there to do? We didn't expand on that very much. It's always appropriate to ask questions. Mm-hmm. It's always appropriate to ask why. Well, and again, people are going to struggle. Why, 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 why? I, at least me. I'm the kind of black and white thinker. Like I appreciate formulas. Who goes, okay, you're saying that we should we should ask the right questions, but we should also answer kids' questions and not right. be afraid because that's not going to stifle their creativity. Right. And I don't know that you can explain to somebody how and when to do it. Like how and no. when to ask the question, how and when to answer the question. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, well, if a, if, a, uh, if, if a child asks, for example, I, I, I read an article a while back, a long time ago actually, about this kid who was hired by the Disney Corporation to come in and uh, and just talk to them. He was hmm. he was a he was a very creative kid, allegedly. And so the Disney Corporation would have him come in and play with toys, and they would tell him their, some of their ideas for stories, you know, and, and movie scripts and things like that. And he would just interact with them. Mm-hmm. And the article was about how. It was about the parents. It's like, how did you raise such a creative child? And that was what the parents said. The parents said that whenever he had a question, we always answered it as as best we could. For example, one time uh, he asked them where the water goes when it goes down the drain. So the kid was watching the water swirl down the drain, and he said, where does the water go when it goes down the drain? And so the parents uh, loaded him up in the car. I don't know if they did it immediately. I don't, I don't know if they 
yanked him out of the bathtub and put him naked in the car? Probably not. But to answer that question, they put him in the car and they drove to the uh, water treatment facility. Mm-hmm. See, so, yeah, the water goes in these pipes and then they follow the pipe to this and it goes into this thing and it goes into that thing. And so they basically said, this is what happens to the water after it goes down the drain. It goes out into a pond and then, and then uh, the sun comes up and it heats up the water and it evaporates it. It goes up into the sky and turns into clouds, which turns into rain. And so they answered the question as thoroughly as they knew how. That was how they said that they raised the most creative child that the Disney Corporation has ever known. So, Because I think we worry sometimes that like we're going to get to the end of the mysteries or the end of the, the interesting things, the interesting facts in the world. And so we're like, trying to be sparing with what we share with our kids because like we want to keep the magic alive as long as possible. That's what it's, that's what it's all about with Santa Mm -hmm. and the Easter bunny and the tooth fairy. It's like parents are afraid that real life is going to be boring too fast. They're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think that our culture has swung that pendulum too far. I think we've now, uh, now anything that a child says, anything that a child believes, we tell them, yes, you're right about that. If you believe you're, if you believe that you're a boy when you were born a girl, um, that's right. And so we, we are very reluctant to tell our children that they're wrong about anything. Right, but I'm saying it, I think that the root of that is, is adults who are basically disillusioned with reality and they're afraid that like it's not going to be satisfying enough or it's not going to be interesting enough or there won't be enough humor you know, or enough magic in reality to last their child for his or her whole life and so they're like well we got to hang on to this we need to keep them naive because ignorance is bliss and children who don't know anything are actually more interesting and life is more magical for them and it's like no because they're going to be so disappointed when they find out there's no santa claus once you teach them about what's going on at the water treatment plant like you have no idea what sort of things they're going to put together and build and you know invent in the future like it's a mistake to think that because we have created this system and you know now have the task of sharing the way that things are currently working that that's the way it's always going to be forever just because we can't conceive of what the next big thing is going to be like did 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 jeff bezos's parents know what he was going to come up with when he was an adult no Probably not. Probably like not. they didn't you can't always imagine exactly what that new invention will be or what the next, you know, system the big the great big system systematic shift or change in our culture or, you know, economic uh change. Right. Like we don't right. know what's what's around the corner. So you gotta teach the kids what we currently know so that they can come alongside the rest of humanity and and do the next thing. You know. Yeah, I agree. It, but it's also it's also important to help children and help each other in your family understand that even if you're not involved in the next big thing, um, it's the truth still matters, and and it's still worthwhile. It's still worthwhile to laugh together. Uh, it's still worthwhile to 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 create things, even if they're right. not. Even if it's you're not the first one to create it. And even if you're not the best one to create it, there's still value in creating. I'm just saying, I think there's a lack of imagination. I think that parents are often afraid 
to reveal too much of the truth to their kid right now because they're like, well, we got to save some of this for for the future. Well, it's, it's not conscious. It's a lack but. of imagination, and it might be a fear of imagination too. It's a yeah. fear that you're going to be perceived as dumb. You're, you're going to put your idea out there, and people are going to laugh at you, and and we are terrified of that. Which I don't want people to laugh at me. And the question is, why not? Why not? It doesn't hurt when people laugh at you. There's no. I there's no physical I think pain. we underestimate what our kids are capable of. And we have a lack of imagination about what they will do in the future just because, you know, we can't conceive of it. That's that's where I think we are. So I think pa- that's where mothers are. Yes. Parents don't, mothers especially, don't like to teach their child. Like, they don't even want to teach them to use the toilet or to stop breastfeeding or, you know, to give up the pacifier or to sleep in their own bed. Because they're losing a little bit of their childishness. Yes. And they don't like that because we have a lack of imagination about what the next phase could bring. Mm-hmm. And so in in loving the blessings that we currently have, in appreciating, you know, this phase for what it's worth, we then want to hold on to it with both hands instead of re- remembering Wait, this is not going to be a child forever. Right. We're I'm actually raising the next phrase. A future adult. And like what are they what are they going to be capable of? I actually just had a conversation with Colin, my 8-year-old, probably 3 or 4 nights ago when he was asking about taxes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know much about taxes, but I I told him that. I said, "Well, it's complicated." He said, "You're you're uh, familiar with the theory of taxes. Right. I mean, you know what they are." Well, I explained that. I, he said, "So wait, People take money out of dad's paycheck every single time he gets it paid. And I said, Mm -hmm. that is correct. And he goes, why do they do that? And I said, because the government thinks that that it's entitled to that money and they think they can do a better job with it than we can. And then he was like, how did, did not That's go, a very conservative libertarian it explanation. It did not go the way taxes. I thought it was going to go because then his next question was, how do you know how much taxes to pay? And I said, mm-hmm. this was my answer. I don't think anybody really knows for sure how much money they're supposed to pay because there's so many laws they about it. They just keep taking more and more and more until we squawk. Until we eventually go, wait a minute, this doesn't seem very fair. Yeah. But I said, I, there are so many laws, so many rules that people get paid to learn all those rules so that they can then help other people pay their taxes. That's true. And Colin said, "I oh, then I said, you could even do that someday. Like, you, I don't know very much about it, but you could learn. You could go and read and, and study, yeah. and you could help us yeah. do those our people, taxes. Those people are called accountants, and I some of them, them make that. a ton of money. I told him that. I said, you can get a lot of money because people will pay you to help with their taxes. And yeah. then he said... I would have to pay their taxes. And I laughed because there was the comedy. Right. He thought he, as an accountant, he would Why have would to I want to do pay that? their taxes. <laughs> Why would them. I want to become an accountant and, and said, pay other people's taxes? No, 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 no. It's so confusing that they would pay you to help them with all the paperwork so that they could pay their taxes. They would pay you to do that. And he stopped there for a second, kind of looked up at the ceiling, thought, you know, for a few seconds, and then he nodded like, all right. Answers all of the questions right. I currently have right now. We'll, we'll talk more later. Yeah. So then I asked him a couple of days later if he wanted to be an accountant, and he said no, but I can't remember now why he came to that well, conclusion. Well, because you never be an accountant, accountant when you could be Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker. Well, yeah, that's true. Probably if he if he had his preference, it would be along those lines. Yeah, he would. If you can, if you can fly a spaceship and swing a lightsaber, do that. Well, I don't feel like we know what we're doing next week, but you know, at least at least we have a couple of 
cute kid quotes. There's that going for I'll, us. I'll put an outline together. Will that make you feel better? But, uh, yeah. Okay. Four of them. I'll do that. Hey, Carl, uh, we're out of time. We'll see you See you next week. Uh, Vacate with the comics is rolling too. So you should go to my website. Go to johnbriney.com and, uh, and come with us on vacation a year from, year from July. There will be kids. They'll say funny things. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.